Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we celebrate Jesus as we take our seats? Hallelujah. If you are excited, can you celebrate Jesus? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So today, uh, we'll be looking at something that we've been considering for some time now, uh, but then we'll be looking at another uh, aspect of it, and that's still talking about the church. Uh, it has been titled, The Marks of a True Church. Hallelujah. See the marks of a true church. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I was going to start by saying that oftentimes we, in our journey as Christians, people get to say that, oh, are we talking about one church? Because when I saw this, I said, Mark of a true church, the church of Christ is true, hallelujah. So the back of a church, our church is true, and then we're talking about one church, which is really the body of Christ, Hallelujah. And then there was one thing I wanted to first put at the back of our mind that when we are talking about uh, the, the church in this uh, context, when we are talking about the church, even in any context, the first thing that should come to our mind is the fact that Christ is the church. Hallelujah. In the sense that every doctrine, every message, every, every speech that comes from the church talks about or should talk about Christ and him alone. Hallelujah. So the only message that we have to preach is the fact that Christ came, died, re- and resurrected. Hallelujah. And why do I say this? It's because sometimes we find out that the moment there is any addition to the cry, to the death, to the, to the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ, then we are no longer talking about the gospel. Hallelujah. Do we agree that anything outside the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Christ is actually not, not the gospel? So the first thing I wanted us to look at is that if we're talking about the marks of a true church, the first thing that I'll be talking about, and not, it's not going to be in the order of priority, is that the, one of the marks of a true church is that a true church is a praying church. Hallelujah. Can we look at scriptures together quickly? Can we look at Jude 20? Okay, it's not yet on the screen, but scripture says that building up yourselves or your most holy faith, praying in the word, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what scripture says there. So when, when we come together as a church and as a community of believers to say that, oh, here is church, one of the ways of knowing that truly we have gathered even as unto God is the fact that we are a praying church. And when I say that we are a praying church, and we say this a lot even in Living Springs, how many of us have heard us say that we are a praying church in this church? Have you had us say it before? We've had us say it. So when we say we are a praying church, we are trying to say that one of our core tenets, one of the things that we hold dear is prayers. So we don't come to this place saying that we have candles, we don't have a, 
you know, a part of water that is anointed or a part of pulpit that we say, oh, this is what uh, communicates the very life of Christ. One of the ways that you know that a church is true is that it's a church that actually prays. And when we say prayer in this context, we are not just saying that, oh, when we come to church and then we just pray alone or we pray together even in church. It also means that the individual components of the church is also given to a life of prayer. So prayer in this context means that ourselves as individuals, we are giving our life to a life of what? Prayer. So tell your neighbor, I will give myself to a life of prayer. I will give myself to a life of prayers. Now, in, in Acts uh, chapter 12, I don't want to go through that uh, the long uh, story there, but I'm going to just paraphrase it. So it was at a time when the apostles were doing marvelous things. They were doing excellent things. And then at some point, Herod the king looked at it and said, that if these people continue this way, something was going to happen here. So he, he took one of them at that time. He took James and then the scripture recorded that, I mean, he was actually slain by the sword. And then the king at that time saw that it was a good thing. It happened and then the Jews were very happy about it. And then that was when he now took Peter. And then so that we will understand it that this is, this is the mark of a church is because this was the same Peter that if you check Acts chapter 2, while scripture recorded that on the day of Pentecost, I mean, the Holy Ghost descended upon them and then they spoke in new tongues. We remember that story, right? And then they preached, they spoke in new tongues, and that was not the only thing. So many people came to Christ. Apart from that, people were thinking that they were not even learning. started wondering that how come these people were speaking our language. So I'm trying to say that the person that was arrested in Act 12 was the same person that spoke in tongues in Acts 2. So when we talk about the fact that we are a community of believers, the fact that we are praying in tongues, the fact that we do the things of God does not mean that we also do not face persecution or we do not face life challenges. Hallelujah. So the point I'm trying to make is that this was the same Peter that in Acts 2 had done all of this. He had prayed in the Holy Ghost and then they took him in Acts 12. And then when I was looking at that, at that, at that scripture again, after they took him, that was not the thing. They took him, and the scripture recorded that they put him to be sleeping in between two soldiers. I tried to really picture it, to say that, how can one man be so much terror to them that even while they wanted to put him in prison, they said two people should be beside him, and then that was where he was sleeping. And then I was really trying to think about it. So it, means that, it meant that where Peter was put was a place that was heavily guarded. And then, but that's not even the meat. The meeting that scripture recorded that the church offered prayers for him. Can we say after me? The church offered prayers for him. And then you know the miracle that happened at that time was that scripture recorded in, in, in that same scripture that after, of course, he first recorded that the church had offered prayers for him. And then scripture recorded that the angel of the Lord appeared and then a light shone. And then the chains were actually broken, and that was how he regained his freedom. Hallelujah. So you find out that one of the marks of knowing that we are together in this ministry is that we also we pray for one another. 
And then our praying for one another is not just out of, uh, it's not born out of religion. It's not just out of routine. We don't pray because it's just something that we want to put on our calendar to say that, oh, have I prayed today? We pray as believers because it is one of the things that we have been called to do. We have been called to give ourselves to a life of fasting and prayers. So it is not a prayer that we say, oh, it's because I just want to mark my calendar or it's because I just want to see whether I've actually prayed today or not. Of course, if you have a routine for prayers, that's fine to say, oh, I want to pray in the morning. But what I'm saying is that every time as a believer, we must live our life with a conscious effort, knowing fully well that there is no other way to eat than prayers. Hallelujah. And then thank God that we are not in a place where we say, oh, come with one candle or come with one water. So the only one we know is word and prayer in this church. So say, for instance, the mark of Christ, even as it relates to prayer, is that you are going through a crisis, for instance. And you know, I've told you that what happened in Act 12 was a continuation of what had happened in Act 2, right? In the sense that this was the same person who prayed in tongues. This was the same person, you know, who preached with boldness, and then yet they still took him. As in fact, in fact, when they were about to take him, nothing happened. Hallelujah, right? So you find out that even in living our lives as believers, right, there are days when we go through things, and then the people that know about those things that we are going through are people who are even unbelievers. Now, it is okay to complain sometimes and say that, oh, people are not praying for me. And then you have your problems and then you tell somebody who cannot even pray for you. One of the reasons why even the church could even offer prayer was because they even knew at that time that, oh, this is our member. This person who is a part of us has actually even been arrested and then we need to offer prayers. So, as we, as we live our lives as believers and then we come to church together, one of the things that we know to say ourselves that, oh, we are actually true believers and then we are, a one, we are one body even in Christ is that we pray. So we are going through a difficulty. The first thing that we have to do, even as believers, even as a church, is not that we first complain about it. And I'm sure a lot of us, I mean, a lot of people here do that. Oh, we hear something. And let me give an instance, right? So someone comes to meet you to say that, Nigeria is headed towards calamity. I say, oh, yes, yeah, so, ha. This is the same believer that carries the life of Christ. Let's even assume that the person is someone that does not know. But how we would know that, yes, this person is a believer is the fact that when that person comes with that negative, you know, statement, what you are expected, what are we expected to do as a believer, right? What we are expected to do as a believer is to say that this is what the word of the Lord says, even as it concerns us. Because scripture did not say we should curse our nation. Scripture rather says that we should offer prayers for our nation. Hallelujah. And that's why scripture was talking about the fact that we should actually pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We cannot be praying for Jerusalem. No, Nigeria is not Jerusalem. I'm not saying we cannot pray for, for Jerusalem, you know, but this is our own Jerusalem, right? So when scripture was talking about that, it was talking about us even offering prayers even for our own nation where we find ourselves as well. So say for instance, when we come together and then we say, oh, let us bow down and then we pray together. We do not do it again, which, which is the one thing I want us to take from this first point is that we do not do it out of a religious mindset. A praying church is not a church that prays out of a religious mindset. Religious mindset means that, you know, sometimes when we say pray, some persons just pray because that is the time for prayers. Uh, is, am I lying, church? Is, is, because you find out that we say, oh, let us pray. And there's this. People say, oh, this is the time for us to pray. And then everybody prays, right? 
However, beyond that, beyond the fact that we call for prayers, even for us as believers, when we come to church, what is expected of us, even as per the fact that we are one body in Christ, is that we live a life of prayers. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I would live a life of prayers. Hallelujah. So the second thing I want us to also look at is that maybe one of the reasons why some persons have looked at it that, oh, maybe prayers, I mean, what do we even get out of prayers and all of that is because sometimes people don't even see, so some persons say, oh, they do not actually see the results or they do not see what exactly happens when we pray. No. I was going to say this. One of the things that what happens when we pray is that, one, we actually develop capacity on our inside. So when we pray, what you are doing is, and that's why scripture recorded that it was saying that building up yourselves. So when we pray, one of the things that happens to us is that we actually develop capacity on the inside. We develop capacity to do things. And then when we pray as well, even as a church, God releases words to us even together when we pray. In fact, scripture was talking about a man like us. He was say, talking about Elias. And then he was saying that he was a man of like passion. And then this was one man. Scripture said that he prayed. And then there was no rain for three and a half years. And this same man called upon the name of the Lord again. And then prayed. And then there was rain. And then sometimes when, when we read scriptures, I want us to look at it in terms of what is, what is now applicable to us. So it meant that when he prayed at that time, the prayer was because he wanted something to happen. So it means that if we truly believe as a church, we can actually pray that even in the midst of the crisis that is happening in this country, God makes a way for Nigeria. Do we believe that? That our role as a church is not to just condemn everything, but to even offer prayers and say that this nation would actually progress. And that's why the, the church now becomes the voice even of the society. One of the reasons why it seems as though, you know, a lot of people criticize the church, you know, in our days is because at times they look at it that, oh, the church, I mean, where is the power there? Where is the power that these people are talking about? But the truth is this, the kingdom of God is actually not even in the words. It's in the demonstration of the raw power of God. And how do we generate power? It's in the place of prayers. So if we are saying that, oh, you want to develop capacity as a church, we want to say this is it that would happen in this nation, it is not just for us to come out to say this is what will happen. It would mean that we have also developed capacity together in the place of prayers. One of the reasons why I like it when we pray together is because I know that what happens when we pray together is that we generate so much power. And so if, for instance... I want to look at the difference between current energy. Which one flows? Is it current energy that flows? Is it current? That's the one that flows. Now, if, for instance, I am on level, level one, and then Sister Motola is on level 10, if I were to pray with my level one prayer at home and just say, God, and I'm just going to pray, and they maybe sleep after one minute. But when we come to church together, what, what do you think happens? We are strengthened together. Hallelujah. We pray together. We are strengthened together. We build courage together. We give ourselves words of knowledge together. And that's what makes us, one of the things that makes us a church. 
So a church is not a community of complainers, but a community of people who pray. That is the point I'm trying to make. So it is not when we gather together as a church, it is not a community of gossipers. It is not a community of people who are wondering that, who are, who are just confused about everything, but a community of people who are ready to say that, God, it is you and you alone for us. And then even at that time, what happened even, even, even in Acts 2 was that at that time, what the apostles were, were always doing was that they would come together, study God's word, and then pray together. And then when I was, when I was, actually, when I was actually preparing for, for today, I asked myself that, how many times do we outside church really come together and then we say, okay, let, let's study and pray together, right? And then one of the things I was going to say today is that I'm going to use this time to encourage us to say that as a church, even in our, since we are, we are, the various components of the church, we are all bodies of the church. Anytime I visit you, please ensure that after we eat too, we also pray together. Hallelujah. It's a habit that, we, that should actually be cultivated. In the, last, in the last three weeks, I don't know, for some, for some reasons, I don't know if any other person have also felt that way. I have felt the need to actually pray even for this nation. And then, so, because every day you wake up, if you think about it, if we don't pray as believers... Every time we wake up and then you, we read the news, what, what, kind of, what kind of news do we, do we read on upon every day? You see that one bad thing is happening, and then you find out that if one is not careful, or one does not counter those things even with the word of the Lord, even in our hearts, and the one that we actually study, to actually read, right? The one we actually read and then it, it becomes imprinted in our hearts, we find out that we might even be carried away by even the things that is happening in the world. Right? So when I see those things, I just tell myself that, God, I will offer prayers instead and not just complain about what is actually happening in this country. So coming together, we see pray again today, but I just want it to be at the back of our mind that so when we come together to pray, we're not coming together to play. We're not just coming together to do some exercise, but we're coming together to build up ourselves together and then pray together. Hallelujah. Amen. So the, the second point I want us to to look at is that that a true church is a place for community fellowship. A true church is a place for what? Community fellowship. Or if you say fellowship, it's also fine. And, and, I, and I will say, say why. When we come together and then we discuss God's word and then we pray together, the other thing that happens is that we also use that opportunity to actually encourage one another. So say, for instance, Victor comes to meet me and says, ah, CEO, Victor, this is a business idea that I actually have. What do you think about it? So I can actually tell him that, let us pray about it, right? And then we'll pray about it. But after that, I can also tell him that, oh, Victor, let's look at this business plan together, and then let us rub minds, and then let's see if we can make sense out of it. Okay, what do you need here? What kind of support do you need here, right? And then you find out that by doing that, we are beyond church as a building, taking that same role that we have, that same responsibility that we have in Christ to fellowship with one another. We have taken it outside even the church building, even to even our, our daily lives as well. So I would expect that as, as a believer, you have a challenge, you have, you have something that you're actually struggling with. The first person, that should actually hear about it, should also be a believer. 
Why the scripture talks about confessing our sins to one another? He never said that we should confess our sins to an outsider. It means that he's saying that even when you have something on your mind, something that is actually bothering you, you should actually confess sin to a believer. Why a believer? You know, it is better that I get advice from a person of light than to run to darkness. The difference is this. Even if my pastor comes and says, ah, Victor, this one that you did is a very terrible thing. In fact, I cannot believe that you will have done this and all of that. And then now comes after and now says, oh, but you cannot do it better like by doing this and doing this. It's different from me going to meet an unbeliever and then he now tells me that, ah, do you know you can smoke away your sorrow? When scripture says that we have the joy of the Holy Ghost, how would I now leave the one that tells me that I have joy on the inside and now follow the one that says that I can actually smoke it away? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So for us as believers, I would better stay in the community where light is than to actually go to a community where there is darkness because of what companionship does light even have with darkness in the first place? What this tells me is that when we are talking about a true church, we are talking about a community of people who even after prayers, after studying God's word together, also discuss life issues as it pertains to, to life and as it pertains to godliness. And that's why it surprises me when, when people are down, when they say they are down, they have their down moments, and then people say, oh, let me just go somewhere, and then when I smoke something, and then the thing will just go away. You know the sad truth about it is that it's possible you can even smoke that thing at that time, but the problems will never still go away. The inner peace that we have, even as believers, is the fact that we have joy in the Holy Ghost. And when we come together, that is what we express as believers. So when we say that we are rejoicing, in the Holy Ghost together, what that tells me is that even when I don't have 10 naira in my pocket, I have the joy of the Holy Ghost. So it tells me that even when someone says that, ah, but I don't have a job now, I tell him that, oh, but I have the joy of the Holy Ghost. And the difference is that because you have now, when, when light radiates with light, you can only produce light. Is that correct? Because of course, and that's why when scripture was talking about the fact that the part of a, a, a righteous person shines brighter and brighter, a righteous person that still decides by himself to carry his light to the company of darkness is a fool. I mean, and he's in, he's, in, he's in scriptures, really, right? And why do I say this? So it tells me that when we say a church, we are talking about a community where we fellowship together. It is not the choice of a believer to say that I will leave this community and then go to, community, go, go to, go, go to a gathering of darkness. I mean, there is really no business between a child of God and the things of darkness. I'm going to make it very practical to us when we talk about, you know, fellowship, even as, as believers. So, I come to your place. I, I, maybe I come to your house to visit you. And then I say, oh, can I, can we listen to some songs on your, on your phone? Maybe one of the reasons why a lot of people are even afraid is because to say that, let me, people, let, let me invite believers to my house. It's because maybe when we come to your house, we will not even find one gospel song on your phone. And I've said it repeatedly even during our Sunday school. I think many of us need to sincerely, genuinely repent. Now, this is it. When we say some of these things about the kind of songs that we keep, it's not, it's just, it's simple. When there is no way that you will have evil communication and it will not corrupt you as a believer. It does not mean that your salvation will be taken away. Of course, we have said it here several times that, yes, when you give your life to Christ, your salvation is secured in Christ. In fact, if you read Philippians 3.20, it says that you are, you are a citizen of heaven. So I'm not here to tell you that because you listen to a particular song, this is what will happen to you. Hallelujah. 
you are a citizen of heaven because you have actually accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. But in building a community of believers together, we cannot be building a community of believers that is founded on the wrong ideas. That's the point I'm making here. To say that if we are going to build a community of believers in terms of fellowship, it must also be founded even on God's word. So when we come together to say that this is what we are even, we're even discussing, every other thing that does not align with God's word can never be truth. Every other thing that maybe a community does, any community that takes something else, and that's, and that's what I'm going to say, any community that takes something else outside the word of God, as contained in scriptures, we cannot be talking about a community of believers that is a true church. Why? Because a community that is a church is first founded on God's word. And that's why for us, we know that our foundation is first rooted in God. Our foundation is rooted in the word of the Lord. Our foundation is rooted in Christ. And that's why even for us as believers, we know that our lives are hid in Christ, in God. So the moment we take Christ, God, out of it, then we're not talking about a community of believers. How many of you have had people, when they, when they go to some meeting, they say, ah, can we leave church first? You have, many of us would have had it. Why would we leave church when I'm a carrier of church myself? I am church. So if you are saying you want to leave church, that is like removing me from it. So you remove me from it, you remove Christ from it, then let's not have the conversation at all. So the... the, 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 the the posture of a believer should be that wherever you are, first understand that I am church here. So if you have a conversation where we are saying that, let us remove church away, and then what are we removing away? It's like, it's like removing every other, everything that I believe in. Removing Christ, removing God, removing the Holy Spirit. We cannot call it a church again. So every garden where you go to, where you hear anything like, oh, can we just hold on first with God? What will we hold on with God? Because in the first place, I would not even have existed save for God himself. Are we learning something this evening? So our posture wherever we find ourselves should be that we are actually a carrier of the presence of God there and wherever we find ourselves is church. So at, at your workplace, you are representing the church there. In your local community, you are representing the church there. In your neighborhood there, you are representing the church. So one of the ways that we know that, okay, this is actually really a community, excuse me, of, of believers is that they know that wherever they find themselves, they are actually a carrier of the model and doctrine of Christ. That is the mark of a true church. So we say something, they find out that they say, ah, but what you have said now, you have also quoted scripture. You might not even quote scripture directly, but just know that our communication is founded on God's word, our communication is rooted in God and every other thing. So we say, we say that every other thing fades away. You know what we're trying to say? What we're saying is that for us as a community of believers, the only thing that remains true for us is Christ and Christ alone. That every other thing will fade away truly and the only thing that will be a testament to show that we are actually believers, which is the only thing is that, that I may know him. And the scripture says, it says that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The only thing that we do, even in the, as, it, as it relates, even our relationship with others, is to first let them know that for us, what is important for us in building a local assembly, what is important for us, even as a church, is the knowledge of Christ. 
So every other knowledge fades away, but the only thing that remains true to us, the only thing that we hold valuable to us, the only thing that we know that is unshaking for us is actually the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And then when we begin to have this, this mindset, we'll actually begin to have better productivity even as believers. And that's why, for me, every time I see a believer say that, oh, say, for, say for instance, someone comes and say, oh, I, I don't have a job. Let your posture not be that, oh, you are thinking of that person that gave that person a job, right? For me, the, the posture at, at that time should be to first acknowledge that every good and perfect gift comes from who? God. Even if I do not have a job to give, have I not given the person a word of encouragement? So the person understands that at least this person has told me that, I mean, at the right time, at God's own appointed time, this job will come. That's how we build church together. So we pray in songs, we read God's words, we fellowship together, we eat together, we encourage one another, we build one another together, we correct one another. That is a church. So everything that we are, all that believers sometimes look forward outside, it's actually right there in the church. Like, like I said, if you tell me that I should do something temporary or ephemeral to get my sorrows away that will return back to me, I will not do that. Rather, I would say that I would better stay where I know that the joy of the Lord will fill my heart and it will actually remain. And that's why sometimes you find out that we have not eaten or maybe you don't have something, you, you don't have maybe cash with you. But somehow you just find out that you are happy on your inside. I'm sure many of us might have experienced that. You are just happy on your inside. People are asking you that, ah, well, I, are you not feeling this economy? I'm not saying I'm not feeling it. But I have the joy of the Lord on my inside. I'm not saying that things are, are going everywhere that I want it. But I know I have the joy of the Lord on my inside. I just know that I have this on my inside. So in building what, what, what we call a church, we know that it is a place of prayers and it's also a place of fellowship. So it's a place of what? The first is that it's a place of what? Prayers. And it's a place of what? Fellowship. So let me just quickly share this. I remember one, one, one time, a friend, a friend of mine called and said that, that the dad just had an accident. He actually even sent me the picture of the, of the accident vehicle. And the car was a complete write-off. And when he came to the room and, and said it to me, I said, I mean, I don't have money to buy your dad another car and then he now said that the dad was actually in the hospital and then he was going to uh, they were going to perform a major surgery and then I told him that I know that the prayers of believers makes power available we might not be able to do so much for him at this time but I would like that we pray together I'm using this to explain fellowship and prayers and then that day we decided that we're going to pray together and then it was not the, it was not, although it was not like the regular prayers. I don't even know till tomorrow. I don't know whether it was the length of prayers or because maybe we believe together. But I'm thinking it was because we believe together. It was not necessarily about the length of the prayer time. But I know that we prayed together for so long that day. And I knew that that was the only thing I could, that I could offer. And then we, and then we decreed God's word and said that his dad was going to be discharged that same time we're praying. And then as we're praying, we got a call from the hospital that, the dad was discharged at that same time. No surgery, nothing. That was one of the miracles I've ever seen in my life. And that's why sometimes when we tell you that when we come to church and we pray, it works, it's because it is a reality that we have touched and experienced. So the fact that you, are, you have not experienced it does not mean that it is not a reality in Christ. 
It just means that it is not something that you have touched. And that's why I encourage it when we pray together. So you are sick in your bodies. Get a believer. If you cannot pray alone, pray with that person. That is how we know that yeah, this, this is a community. And then we pray, and then we'll probably pray together. Not the ones that will tell you that, I beg, oh, oh, me, what I want to do now, not be prayer, be my own. Prayer is our own. Because we don't have water, we don't have candles, so we will pray. Hallelujah. So understand that even when we fellowship together, what happens is that we build up ourselves, we increase capacity together even as believers, and that's what happens when we are talking about even the, the, the church of God together. Hallelujah. I want us to look at one, one scripture quickly. And then I'm trying to wrap this up by 10, by the next uh, two minutes so that we can pray. Luke 22, verse 44. If we're able to project it, that, that, that's fine. But I'm going to say what, what exactly happened there. So, you know, at this time, Jesus was about to, Jesus was about to die. And so many things had happened. He had talked about the person who was going to betray him and all of that. And then scripture now recorded in verse 44 that Jesus prayed. After he had said that this cup should pass over him, Jesus prayed so much so that 44. Forty-four. It was said that, and then he said, he prayed so much, so much that his sweat was not as if we were talking about great drops of blood. I read this scripture, and then I thought about it that Jesus, the one that we all believe in and we carry on our inside, prayed so much that he sweat. Almost became blood. So I now told myself that like, maybe I should read it and understand why it happened. And then that's why I told you that it was at the time where Jesus was about to be betrayed, really. And then Jesus had prayed. If I prayed for Simon, he said, You, I, Satan will have had you, but I've prayed for you. And then scripture recorded that Jesus prayed this much. He prayed so much. In fact, I'm putting so much emphasis on this. He prayed so much that sweat. This was somebody who was God in human form. In fact, this was God on head himself praying. This was somebody who has given, so this is someone who has given us a model for the church to say that this is what, this is what, this is what should be the template for us to follow. So if anybody comes to meet you to say that, God, you not know, just stop praying. Let us leave this gospel aside. Let them know that what, even Jesus that we are following, prayed so much that what, his sweat almost turned to, it, it, was, it, was, it was dropping as thick blood, thick, thick drops of blood. Can we rise up on our feet? And I want, I, want, I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. And then I told myself, I said, we have never prayed the word that we have sweated. Even Jesus prayed the one that the day was almost turned into blood. Hallelujah. So hey, hey, one of the things I want us to take home today is that, listen, is that when we come together as believers and we pray truly, we know that we are praying as unto one God. We are praying as unto one God who has called us together, who has called us even unto good purpose. I want us to, we're going to be praying and interceding even for our people. We're going to be praying, and because that's one of the things, we have said it that a church, we fellowship together, and we pray together. So we're going to pray this word together. Hallelujah. But I want us to add some context to read. So if we have a look at uh, Jude 20, 
And then I'm going to say this. When we pray together, we are generating so much power. Hallelujah. So, if, if you have somebody by your side, hold somebody and then we'll, we'll, pray, we'll pray in the Holy Ghost for the next, for the next five, ten, ten minutes. Right? And then, we've done this before. As God lays words in your heart, I'm not, this, that's why it's a church. If God tells you to tell the person, stop smoking. I don't know whether I'm hearing it for somebody. I just, just tell the person. You say, what I had in my spirit is, stop smoking. Do you understand what I'm saying? So to let you know that when we say church, these are practical things. We are not talking about a building that uh, we just come and then we just, no, we're saying that it's, it's us. We are a carrier of it. We are in it. We live in it. Hallelujah. So can you just begin to pray, pray for that person? And that's, this is what church is. That's what I just, I'm just about to demonstrate. This is really church. So pray for that brother that you're holding. Pray for that person even from your heart. Pray for the person. Father, shut him and so brande capaliados. Zeleke parados, supranca tica parados, capalianama. Zeke parados, suprandi capaliados, caparada bayadia. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.